Welcome to the United We Scan podcast, the podcast by rural carriers for rural carriers. The views expressed in this podcast do not reflect the views or opinions of the United States Postal Service or the National Rural Letter Carriers Association. We ask that you please consult your assigned union representative for guidance in your local area. Make sure you like this podcast, share with your fellow rural carriers, and subscribe to be notified each time a new episode is uploaded. Please rate this podcast five stars where applicable and leave a comment or question for us below. Thank you. Now, here are the hosts of the United We Scan podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 43. We've got a hot topic tonight. Hostile management. I am back this week. Unfortunately, Bill is not with us this week. He is uh, family stuff going on. So he should be back next week. We'll miss him. But we do have fun uh, topic to talk about tonight. How was your week there, Josh? My week was pretty good. Um was a little concerned when I got a call Thursday mid-morning asking me about one of the customers because the RCA called out. And then she wasn't there again Friday. Then I found out Saturday morning she actually hurt her back or shoulder running parcels on Wednesday. So who knows when she'll be back. Um, But it was a good week. Had our marriage mail showed up. They dropped it off about 7.30 Saturday morning. About 9.30 or so, the clerk says, do you guys want it? like sure so i regretted at the moment having to case it on top of the dps and rest of the mail but at least i don't have to worry about it tuesday it's already gone james how was your week well it was okay Mail volume was kind of low, did start getting the uh, COVID tests in. And then on Friday, it was as if the floodgates opened at the plants because I had eight trays of DPS, double my normal trays of DPS. I had three times the level of flats that I've had for the past three weeks. And on top of that, I had a box holder to deliver with them. It was a bad day. I didn't get done until an hour over evaluation, which usually I'm like 15, 20 minutes below evaluation usually, but yeah, an hour over evaluation. It was really bad. And then, of course, I had Saturday off and not really much to speak about at work. A lot of people just mulling around because some of them went up, some of them stayed the same, some of them went a little down. So they're still trying to figure out what's going on and things like that. Still haven't gotten disputes back. And it's just, it's like there's people that just don't care and don't care to get solutions for carriers and don't care to solve them. My my postmaster is, is beside herself on the fact that she hasn't gotten a response back on these disputes that she agrees we needed to have. And so she's waiting just as much as we are. And it's just not getting done. So other than that, uh, today it was pretty much a quiet day around, but cold and windy today. Oh, my Mm -hmm. goodness. 
I, I miss my 75 degrees. <laughs> but how was your week, Kristen? Um, yeah, talking about the weather, it was all over the place. I mean, Monday was shorts and a t-shirt, and uh, it was really hot. Tuesday, I decided, you know what, I'm going with shorts and a tank top. And yesterday, I was wearing long sleeves and turning the heat on in the LLV. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I totally... And I swear I saw that dreaded four-letter word that starts with an S swirling around yesterday with the rain. Not oh, at all. No. No. Nope. Nope. No, not at all. No. I'm further than north I, than you. It's always been a rule I, up north. If the month has a letter R in it, you may just see it. So September you, through April. Yeah, not uncommon up here. But my week we actually was heavy all week with mail. DPS was heavy all week. Lots of freaking junk. Um my flats were heavy all week for the most part. Uh Yesterday, uh, yesterday was extremely heavy, and Wednesday was extremely heavy. It, yeah, it was. It's been a week, that's for sure. I mean, I had to run my ox route as well yesterday, so it was it was a ten hour day for me yesterday. And then, uh, yeah. of course, leading into our topic of hostile management, I had a little fun. <laughs> I had a little fun on Friday with my postmaster, and uh, I guess uh, he was upset because I have later come to find out last yesterday that she is on the list with district of not having the greatest, uh, she's not thought highly at district anymore, let's put it that way. And so now she's in the hot seat with her boss. And we have a cleaning person who's a contract cleaning person. He's not part of a union or bargaining unit. He's just a contract. He is disabled. And she, he took a break. And she went off on him for taking a little bit of a break. And his back was killing him. You know, you got to do what you got to do. And he is so tired of her BS that he told her that consider that his 30 day resignation, 30 day notice for resignation. And then when the carrier carrier next to my case came in and turned on the radio, she stormed over to the radio and turned it off and said, no radio, no music today. We're not listening to the radio. I'm not having it. And went back to the desk. And then, uh. Oh, then she started in on rec scans, because we all know with this latest update on the scanner, uh, was for at least first when you go under the rural activities that it wasn't escaping out to the main menu after you clocked in or anything. It was hanging out. So there have been, and I've seen it on the social webs with people, you know, that accidentally hit clock in twice because it's still hanging out on the screen. You go to pick up your scanner and you accidentally hit something. Well... Now, her boss was coming down on her about these extra accidental scans, and so instead of speaking to the people one-on-one -on -one that were having the issues, she throws it all out at all the carriers and threatens discipline if we don't pay better attention. And at that point, I stepped out of my case and told her, good luck with the discipline on scanner data. I said it is in writing that you cannot 
discipline off there should not be discipline off the scanner data. I spoke up about the update and how that, you know, you're gonna accidentally hit something if it's not zeroing out well. Well you should just escape out of it is was her response and well if people are aware of the update right before they did anything that hey, you know, okay, we'll pay more attention. Well, you kinda learn as you go because no nobody said anything about an update. Because who reads anything when we log in? We get our clock in before we read anything. Am I right, guys? Yeah. So, and on top, on top of that, when have we ever gotten training on how to do all this, these scans from management? Exactly. So as she's just going off on her little tiff with and, uh, and I'm doing the little, hey, no, good luck with that. Well, if you want to go ahead and discipline it, it's going to be a grievance. Well, you can grieve anything. Yes, we can, but... You're likely not going to win this one. And that kind of threw her a little bit more. And she's all, I need you guys to help me. You need to help me and you need to pay attention. And I just, I was still in my case. And I said, some of us have been helping you for the last two years. And then I got a Kristen. And she storms off to her office in tears. Meanwhile, the newer, meanwhile, the newer RCA stand there going, what the hell is going on? And co-worker next to him says, remember when I told you she had multiple personalities? He's like, yeah. He goes, this is number two. (laughs) 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 I talked to, and I was talking to my supervisor and... I, you know, I said, you know, I have up to 14 days to file a hostile work environment grievance. I said, I'm really tempted because she should not be threatening discipline on the floor. Ever. In front of everybody. In In front front of everybody. Everybody. Even our contract carrier's sub was willing to be a witness and statement because she's tired of her crap. And she's the contract carrier sub. So, (laughs) yeah, it was... (laughs) Yeah, um, Tuesday I mean, should be even more fun. You, sh- you should file the grievance, personally, in my opinion, because the only way to get it to stop is to file the grievance and have a steward step up and make management acknowledge that they're messing up. Of course, it would help if there was actually a steward in that office still. Yeah, because when there was a steward in that office, that steward, unfortunately, had to stand by and watch her treat people that was not that steward like this, and they would not stand up for themselves. Now, and that was, you know, that's the hardest part about a steward is, you you know, uh, on the rural craft, unlike the city craft, rural craft, stewards cannot initiate a grievance on behalf of a carrier. Now, if it's affecting more than one carrier, you can go ahead and file a class action. If those carriers want to file a grievance. And this is where it comes down to in an office where carriers are afraid of retaliation for filing grievances that they won't even attempt it. So instead, they're going to go try and stroke the ego of the hostile manager. Oh, are you okay? Is there anything? No, 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 no. You do not stroke the ego of a narcissistic bipolar person. You don't stroke the ego of anybody that's in the wrong. No. So having this conversation with my supervisor, she then is standing up for the postmaster. And I grant you not, 
when this person was in our office before, our supervisor now, she was a 204B clerk when she transferred to another state to be a supervisor. And then when our position opened back up, I was a year and a half, almost two years later. Now, when she left, our current postmaster was a supervisor, not the postmaster. So she had no experience of what she's like as a postmaster until now. And so now she's standing up for her. And, well, you know, she's in the hot seat with her boss. I understand she's in the hot seat with her boss, but that doesn't give her a right to threaten discipline to carriers. If she has to talk, if she wants to talk about something, she either needs to do it on an individual basis with those that it's affecting, or she needs to talk to people in a better manner rather than talking at them or down to them. You know, she wonders why she can't keep help. Well, this is why. Because anybody who walks in the door now does not want to work for somebody like that. And I don't blame I mean, I was, and honestly, guys, Wednesday, I was ready to walk out the door. I had already told her the week prior that I wanted, I needed to be out by 3 o'clock on Wednesday. Wednesdays usually are not very heavy. It's usually not a big deal. I w I'm extremely tired. You know, I'm working six days a week on a 45K, sometimes running my ox route on top of it. This is not a light 45K by any means. I mean, a light day for packages is anywhere between 104 to 125 on a light day. Okay. So I'm, you know, I, it, this is, this is, this is the less desirable route, the least desirable route in the office, and I'm stuck with it. But that's okay. I don't have a problem with that. But I told her the previous week, look, my daughter's last soccer game is Wednesday. Her games were on Mondays and Wednesdays. She lives two hours away. I at least want to get to her last game. It's a Wednesday. And Wednesday, we got hammered. Wednesday was not a good day. Our water bills came in raw. And packages were crazy. Flats were heavy. I was starting to walk out of the office at 11 a.m. to leave the office for the route at 11. And I reported at 8. And the supervisor's like, well, are you, you going to make it? And I was like, I lost it. I was that exhausted and upset of what I had to deal with. That I lost it on the supervisor outside. I, I broke down into tears. I had already thought about going home. I was going out to load and I looked at my car and I was like, I could just get in my car and go home right now. And all this stress would be over with. But I didn't. But I just people feel that way. Yeah. There's a lot of people that feel that way right now with the way that they're, they're treated by management, with the way the job is treating them, with how Rex turned out for them and everything. They're feeling the exact same way you felt that day was it's easier for me to just leave this and go somewhere else than deal with this hostile work environment and the constant crapping on that we get. Yeah. And I have not seen my daughter since the end of June, beginning of July. You know, yeah, she lives two hours away with her dad. And so, and and that's what gets me because this is not the first time in the last two to three years that I've gone at least three months without seeing my youngest daughter. You know, she's going to be 13 in a couple of weeks. 
And I was, I was upset. I was clearly upset. Supervisor tried to give me a hug. And I said, you know, this is bullshit. I said, this job has come before my family for so long. I'm over it. I am completely over it. And, uh, I got out to the route about a half hour later, I got a text from the postmaster and she goes, well, how much do you think you can get done by three o'clock? I'm like, I honestly don't know right now. Cause I had just gotten out on the route. I was still on the North end. I'd have to get that end and start heading South before I could kind of gain where I would be at. And a little bit. And I was like, why even worry about it anymore? I ain't going to make it. And a few minutes later, she's like, well, if you can be done with the uh, main two thirds of the route by three o'clock, just bring the truck back and I'll finish the route for you. I said, that I can do. Well, I say that was usually the US 23 stretch because that's where all the CBUs and stuff are. Is that mean I have some on the north end, I have some on the south, and coming back up, I have several business CBUs and condos. So get through the CBUs. And she, so I did. I brought the truck back. I clocked out at quarter to three. And I then went picked up my other daughter from school, and then I drove the two hours to my daughter's game. So it was great. I got to see my daughter. We took him out to dinner and everything else. And then I got home. It was probably, I don't know, close to 10 o'clock by the time I got home Wednesday, then right back in the door Thursday. And then this bullshit on Friday. And then she had the audacity when the one carrier went to go in and see how she was. She was, she was okay. She tells him, she's like, I can't believe, Christian, after all the, the help that I did for her on Wednesday. Really? Quid pro quo. Again, she's turning it around and making it about herself. I'm That's sorry, quid guys. pro quo. That's yeah. harassment. Quid yeah. pro quo. I did this for you, now do this for me. Don't work that way. You're going to threaten to discipline us on the workroom floor. I'm going to speak up. You know, You're doing and, something and... wrong. If you're doing something wrong, it's up to us, anybody, any carrier, mm -hmm. any carrier out there to stand up and say, no, that's not what it says. It says this. Or, in Kristen's case, you cannot talk about disciplining carriers over things that you can't discipline them over. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And as you can tell from Kristen's experience on when, on Friday, a well-informed carrier scares management. We've been saying that all along. Yes, because we no longer have a steward in our office, and I am the most informed carrier in that office. And as my uh, my work husband said when he was talking to the other carrier, because, you know, there's like three of us that talk outside of work pretty, pretty randomly or pretty regularly. And he's like, he's like, well, could you believe Kristen? He goes, look, she's about to go regular. She's over this BS. And he goes, you know what? And because she's standing up for herself, he goes, you know what? I'm done taking it too. Let her say something. He goes, I'm going to stand up for myself. So if that's what it takes is one person to finally stand up for themselves. To see that the other ones are going to stand up for themselves, then hopefully we can get this situation rectified. Because we're over it. We are completely over it. And we're coming into the holiday season. As we all know, day after Columbus Day is the unofficial kickoff to Christmas. Tuesday is going to suck royally. We have no help. I am holding down a route until it goes up for bid. Our other RCA is working his primary. Our borrowed ones are working their offices. 
So guess what? The postmaster now has to settle up and run my ox route. She's not going to be happy about it. And if she starts opening her mouth in ways that she should not be opening it Tuesday, I will shut her down. And if that means she walks out the door, which I thought she was going to do that Friday because she had her coat on and had her purse in hand. I was really hoping she was going to do it, but then she didn't. Um, I, you know, if that means I have to work 12, oh God, I say it as an RCA, 12 plus hours to make sure that that ox route gets delivered as well, then that's what I'll do. But it's just ridiculous that... You're not, you're not going to punish the customers because of management. Exactly. No, I will not punish the customers through the management. You know, I'm getting to know these customers more on this route that I'll be taking over with. And, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, we we miss we're going to miss her. But welcome, welcome. You know, they're looking forward to getting to know me. I have four hardships that, you know, I have one that she doesn't want to be a hardship, though she probably could be. She has a really hard time physically getting out to her mailbox. I did have a package for her, so I finally got to meet her this past week. And I did like, she goes, well, I got the informed delivery now, so that really helps. She goes, so if you see stuff in the box, if it's just, you know, junk, she goes, I said, that a problem. I'll look the other way at junk. I said, but if I start seeing that it's, you know, first class mail, it's important stuff, and it hasn't been picked up for a few days, I said, I'll bring it to the door and I'll come check on you. And she's like, oh, would you please? That would just be great. Because I know she has physical issues. So, you know, I'm getting to know these customers, and I have quite a few of them that I am looking out for on this route already. So, you know, I'm not going to let my customers down. You know, if it's going to be, unfortunately, 7, 8 o'clock at night when you get your stuff, that's what it's just going to be. But I'm not going to make them suffer. Because that's the best part that I love about this route is my customers. You know, I'm meeting new dogs on my on my route that I absolutely love. My dog doesn't love me quite so much when uh, I come home. but. You know, I had one that could really be intimidating. I met him first with the owner outside. I got to know him. I showed up yesterday at the door. I saw the owner's car, but he wasn't outside. Dog was outside up at the door. I said, okay, here's the test. And he just, he barked at me and I said, hey, guys. And he, or, hey, buddy. And he just was like, oh, it's you. He just sniffed me around. I put the packages on the porch. I gave him a couple quick pets and off we went. I got another one that is, you know, I hawked. They had a package. She opened the door. That little chihuahua just to come a running out like, it's Kristen. I get my pets. And then I got another one around the corner from there. He's a nine-month-old Great Dane pup. He just, you know, if the kids are outside and mom's outside, I'll stop. The kids will come. And, and then he just kind of comes up and puts his head in the window like, okay, I'm here. You need to pet me. You know, I... This is the part of the job I love. This is why I did not walk out on the job Wednesday, though the thought was very, very, very strong. And But yeah, it, it's these hostile environments, and it's not getting any better. Nobody's applying for our office because she has the reputation. Nobody wants to work for her. Obviously, when you've gone through as many subs as we had, six since I became the OJI that have come and gone since November of last year. Six of them. Don't let go low. Don't make me count how many since before that, before I was an OJI. So she has that reputation. Nobody wants to work for her. And when they do come in and they work and they get treated like that, they quit. And it, regardless of how well they're doing or not doing, 
they catch on rather quickly and they're like, yeah, no, I'm not going to put up with this crap. And they walk out. That's why we can't keep people. All right. I'm going to turn that over to somebody else real quick. I'm going to step off my box. Josh, Josh you've been <laughs> quiet this whole time. I respect that, but now it's your turn. Well, I, part of it was not having a choice, as you can see by the photo. <laughs> but the I know like the 1204B at my office is, to be polite, not very personable. And can she can get a bit snippy with her responses. She also has had this nasty habit of pulling these RCAs like every day to run parcels on the other zone instead of, you know, letting them train so they can get proficient at the route so they can do it to cover the route. I know like a week or two ago, she came, I was off Thursday. Friday morning, first thing she walks, it comes over to, or she can't say walk, hobbled over to me. And it's like, what are you training her? She was out there till nine o'clock last night. I'm like, well, I just ignored her. And when I was talking to one of my coworkers, she was like, uh, you're not training her nothing because they keep pulling her to run parcels on different routes. But I'm sorry. Thought go on. <laughs> and they shouldn't if she's not been trained, they shouldn't be pulling her off to run parcels. She should only be running parcels if she's not scheduled to do the route. They shouldn't be pulling her off the routes to do parcels. That should yeah. be if she's not scheduled and they need help with parcels to call her in to do parcels, not pull her off a route to run parcels. Exactly. Exactly. You're not, you're, you're not training people that way. I mean, I have to go in tomorrow in case flats. We don't have parcels to run. There's only two of us. You know, he only knows mainly his primary route, and he's ran one other route. So I'm going to let him case. He's running his primary route Tuesday, so I'm going to let him case that up first as I'm going to case up my big route first. And then I'm going to have him go over to the other route and case that one up. And then I'm just going to work my one side, and, you know, we'll get to what we get, and we get what we get done. I mean, I can case that whole office up in about two and a half hours on my own. So we should be able to get everybody done. But I, after seeing the load of flats that we got Friday and Saturday, I... I don't know. I'm kind of skeptical on how much we're going to get on Monday as opposed to the landslide coming in on Tuesday. Yeah, well, and don't it all depends prime on days. how much people mailed out Thursday, Friday. Yeah, and prime days start <laughs> on Tuesday. Tuesday and Wednesday, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so, so it, it's think so about this. Just... We're going to get killed Tuesday because... Colum this holiday is the worst of all day after holidays. I don't yes. know why, but this one is the absolute worst all year. Because you get Wednesday, all the Christmas catalogs. It's all the Christmas catalogs. 
Well, that could be it. It's just package heavy. I mean, like I said, this is, you know, I'll have nine years, nine years in in December. And I've worked a couple different offices. And this is always the day after Columbus Day is always the most heaviest for everything. Yeah. it's so, I mean, in my route in general, gets a lot of big stuff. I have every single, just about every single mom and pop resort and hotel in town on my route. There's only one currently that's on a city route, and there will be another one when that one gets finished on the city route. But I have all the privately owned ones in town. And when COVID hit, a lot of the hotel supply chains folded. And so everybody was ordering off Amazon, and they still do. I mean, we have a poom that wants to do a Zoom conference talking about the additional scans, but we're not doing trip-to-doors correctly, and we're not doing this correctly because he doesn't like the numbers. I'm sorry. I don't care if I have a handcart to use or not. What I'm carrying, or when I have hate commercial size cases of toilet paper that the hotels order multiples of at one time, I'm going to have multiple trips to the door because those suckers are huge and you're only going to get one on a hand card if, if that, you know, that, uh, it, it, it's depending ridiculous. Depending on the you have, you might be able to stack two. Yeah. But that doesn't always mean I'm going to fit them through the door that way either. They may just be too big long-wise to try and get them on the hand cart to get them through the door because they're too wide to fit through the door. You know, they're, they're wow. and then in a, a neighboring office, one of the carriers got grief because he has a Department of Health and Human Services on his route, and they ordered all their diapers and formula through the post office. And he had like 23 trips to the door because that's what you had. And there, no, there's no possible way that that could be right. Well, why don't you get off your fat ass out of your goddamn office and come deliver this shit, and then you can tell us what is right and what's not. Yep. And that comes, that falls right along with hostile and benchmarking. And I brought that up, too, with the benchmarking. I said, that's benchmarking management. I said, when arbitration set this in stone, there was to be no unilateral changes. From either parties, both parties had to agree. Now, if management is going to all of a sudden make a unilateral decision on what is too many trips to the door, too many authorized dismounts, or too many of this, or too many of that. No, that there's a grievance for that. Yeah, and well, now, now that you've made that statement, we're actually going we, to go into... In regards to with that statement, I can tell you with you know with my friend and talking with him, he says, yes, the system does flag if it's a hundred and fifty percent over your average for the last eight weeks or the what you know the last eight weeks of the um data collection your previous period. benchmark. Your previous benchmark. He says, but all that is is saying that, hey, you, you're you 150% over what you normally do, what you normally have. 
is he says when the e when he when he sends that email out to local management, it's just saying, Hey, I just want to let you know this carrier was over. And if it was justified because they have human services and they have 23 cases of formula that took 20 and, di and diapers that took 23 trips to carry, that's justified. He says, it's not there to, it's there for the ones that are trying to inflict that, like we always say, do what you have to do, but make sure you can justify it. Make sure it's valid. And, and that's all they... it's supposed to be is to verify that, yes, these were valid entries. Because he's like, for example, well, you know, unscanned parcels, for example, you have to put each one of those in individually. So you can't. And that's what, three keystrokes at least? Yeah. He says you can't accidentally put 75 unscanned parcels in. No, you can't accidentally put 23 trips to the door in. You can't accident, they're, they're, you know, it's it's ridiculous. And if you're looking at it, it, it you know, and I'm going to, if I was in management, Lord forbid, I'll never do that. But if I was in management and I'm looking at this report and I see that a carrier normally has, you know, maybe two trips to the door, two, three trips to the door a day or, you know, whatever, additional ones. And then all of a sudden, okay, they're at one location and they had 20 trips to the door. Okay, where, you know, I'm going to look at it. And if that only happens, then you got to look at previous data. You know, it, there may be... A, a a connection i want to say that says okay you know this may be a monthly thing with this location but when you've got management that's taking this okay we we flagged this carrier we flagged this route because they had to you know they're above 150% of their benchmark the you're letting management know but then man then the local management or, or the poom or the local management is then taking it into the effect of well, they're in the wrong, that can't be possible, and we're going to go after them on this, that's where the issue is. Is the management right. taking that information and twisting it instead of saying, hey, you know, I just want to let you know, it kind of flagged it. Oh, yeah, you know, DHS had their biannual order of diapers and formula. So, yeah, it was multiple. Oh, okay, no problem. But when you've got management saying, no, that's not possible. That can never happen like that. That's right. where the and, issue but, in that is. Right. And that is the, that's the point. It's the system flag, you know, the system flags it. He sends the email out to, say, to the local management saying, hey, the system flagged this route on it for this particular scam. So they can investigate it and verify, yes, this was legitimate. You know, there was a case where the someone had, you know, the postmaster got on them, you know, on the carrier about it. They reached out to the ADR who reached out to him, to my buddy. And he's like, what are you talking about? And he forwarded the email that was sent to the ADR and she got back to him and said, okay. 
I can handle this now. You know, because of the fact that it just says, hey, this was flagged due to being over the, you know, over that 100% threshold of what the route has been averaging. So, in that, yeah, go ahead. Talking about creating a hostile work environment and recognizing a hostile work environment. All these examples we've just talked about are examples of possible hostile work environments. Management constantly getting on you for the scan to input. Management getting on you for having the radio on when you've had the radio on for years and just because they're having a conniption fit, they turn around and tell you no radio today. Things like that that create a hostile work environment is why we're here today. Because not that long ago, our director of labor relations, with the assistance of our director of steward operations, put on a 10-minute training course for stewards on how to deal with hostile work environments. And 10 minutes is definitely not a long time to just even preface a hostile work environment, let alone discuss a hostile work environment and how to grieve a hostile work environment. So we're going to talk about that right now. And the biggest things I want to talk about on that for me, from my perspective, and this is actually close to Kristen too here, was the main argument that a lot of people have with hostile work environment is joint statement 4-40. And that is the joint statement on violence and behavior in the workplace that came out after the Royal Oak incident here in Royal Oak, Michigan, where multiple postal employees lost their lives due to an individual who got so fed up with the harassment that he took judgment into his own hands. And so they issued a joint statement, including all of the unions, including not only just the Postal Service, but it even included the DC Nurses Association, the Federation of Postal Police Officers, the National Association of Letter Carriers, National Postal Mail Handlers Union, the National Association of Postal Supervisors, the National Association of Postmasters of the United States, the National League of Postmasters of the United States, as well as the National Rural Letter Carriers Association. They all signed this agreement. And then later on, they had to go out and actually get a judgment out there. And that was the snow arbitration, where the arbiter decided that because the Postal Service and the union signed this joint statement, it is contractually enforceable in the grievance process. And the joint statement 4-40, the biggest statement in the joint 4-40 is to treat everybody with dignity, fairness, and respect. Now, going into that, you can't have supervisors screaming at carriers on the floor. You can't have them backing people into a corner. 
backing them into their case where they have no escape, putting them in, in fear for their jobs or even for their lives. That is not what you're supposed to do. Now, how do you recognize a hostile work environment, guys? Well, if the tension in the office, when a particular uh, person of management's in there, and the tension, you can cut it with a knife. And when that person is absent from that office and everybody's in a good mood, I'd say that's hostile. <laughs> um, Josh, what's your opinion on that? Um, let's see. You know, if there's constant derogatory statements being made, threats being made, is a good indicator. Um, if you see, you know, they have preferential treatment to some, but are negative treatment to others, could be. Yeah. Experiment treatment, definitely. Um, it, it could just even be the tone that management talks to people in. I mean, it may not even be what they're trying to do, but it could be how they relay stuff to the to the employees. I mean, it, it's such a broad spectrum. It could cover so much, but threatening discipline on the workroom floor singling out a craft in general because you think it's them that turned you in for whatever you got turned in for. Uh, she did that in the past. There was an anonymous letter sent to the OIG's office and she pulled the whole rural craft into the break room to confront everybody because she thought it was somebody in the rural craft and we're all looking at each other going, what the hell are you talking about? Though it was entertaining watching her sweat and break out into hives as she was confronting all of us and on the verge of tears, but uh, that was the entertainment value of that. Um, I'm sorry, I just, it's not the first time I put her into tears. Uh, the last time I did, I did it as a steward and I actually did it in the office away from everybody. But, you know, it, it's it's gotten to the point now where standing up for yourself unfortunately has to be done on the workroom floor in front of everybody because it gets absolutely nowhere. Arguing with other craft employees off the floor where the whole floor can hear it is another hostile work environment. That has happened in the past. Uh, a, a discussion in the office got really, really, really loud and everybody heard it. Uh, cursing. Uh, there was a lot of F-bombs between management and another former employee who was no longer with us um, at the time that got completely out of hand and was actually brought out onto the workroom floor. I I mean, I could go on and on just with the one particular manager in my office. But, but yeah, there is, yeah, there there is a lot of uh, examples out there. Yeah, and if you go, if you go on, if you are a dues-paying member, 
Unfortunately, you cannot access this as a non-dues paying member. But if you are a dues paying member and you go on the NRLCA's website and you go into the uh, uh, departments, steward operations, and steward reference guide, you go under letter H and look up harassment. There are a plethora of items there listed, including Joint Statement 4.40, uh, Joint Statement J5, which is the second joint statement on this behavior after the second postal property incident, as well as DeJoy Diversity and Inclusion Statement and other items. You can also find them under Workplace Climate slash Environment. And you can find them under violence in the workplace. There are tons of documents on this, which just for me, having this many documents listed on the just the reference guide alone tells me that this has been an ongoing constant issue within the post office. And any good steward that is competent in these items can easily win a hostile work environment situation. Now, a lot of them could turn around and because that manager is the one creating the hostile work environment, will probably not be able to solve it at step one because that, that manager is not going to turn around and admit their mistakes because management would rather climb a tree to lie than stand on the ground to tell the truth. Mm -hmm. So the biggest things are you wanna have statements from yourself, from other coworkers, especially other coworkers. If more than one carrier is, in, is witness to the situation, it makes it a lot easier for the union to, to fight the hostile work environment. But even just your statements alone can be enough to create a hostile work environment grievance. And if you definitely are or suspect that you're in, get yourself a little notebook. Start documenting. Document dates, Monday, times, and who yeah, and what was said. Exactly. And just keep that book. The city side through arbitration in the past have had supervisors and managers removed from being able to manage letter carriers in the past directly or indirectly so and you know through arbitration that's happened on, that's happened but, on both sides of the aisle that's that's both uh city rural clerk postal mail handlers every single one of these unions has done that to management but it's a, unfortunately it is a long tedious process you know you have to have you have to show the pattern that they've been you know it's been a hostile that you filed on it and have gotten a cease and desist multiple times you you have to show the statements time after time after time of where this is you know has been occurring repeatedly 
for it to get to an arbit, you know, the arbitrator, an arbitrator to say they are no longer allowed to supervise directly or indirectly a carrier or a clerk or you know whatever position it is. You know, that's probably the most important thing is documenting who, what, when, where. James, were you going to get into MOU 25? That's another one that's on there. That's between the uh, union and postal management. But if you want to take that one, you're more than welcome to. I'm currently looking up um, a couple things on the NLRB that relate to this stuff as well. So okay. go ahead I'm, with that. And I'm going to read the MOU 25 real quick. Uh, MOU 25 is the Joint Workplace Improvement Process. And it says, the parties are committed to creating and enhancing a culture in the workplace that improves relationships between management and the rural letter carriers for the purpose of providing a safe, efficient work environment in which all employees are treated with dignity and respect. The parties recognize that such a work environment puts the Postal Service and its employees in the best position to accomplish our mission of providing the highest quality of service to our customers. Therefore, the parties agree to the following rural joint work improvement process. The RJWIP. The process will be overseen by the Vice President, Labor Relations, and the President. National Rural Letter Carriers Association or their designees. Representatives will be designated at the area and district levels. These representatives will work in teams of two with one member representing the Postal Service and one member representing the NRLCA. Area teams will be compromised of the area manager, labor relations and the NRLCA executive committeemen for that area or their designees. District team teams will include district manager, labor relations and the NRLCA district representatives or their designees. The district teams will jointly identify locations to implement the RJWIP. Once a location is identified, the team will thoroughly review all relevant factors that affect the workplace culture or safety of that location. These factors include, but are not limited to, the treatment of employees, communication between the rural letter carriers, union representatives, and local management, policies and practices regarding safety both in the office and on the street. After a review above is completed, the team will jointly develop recommendations for changes, and an action plan to implement each location. A copy of the findings and recommendations will be forwarded to the district manager, labor relations for review, and assignment of responsibility for implementing changes. The team will monitor the progress of the action plan and ensure timely implementation of the changes. If either district team member believes that a location should receive a review, and this is not supported by their res respective counterparts, the location and appropriate justification for review should be forwarded to the area team with a copy to the area manager, labor, labor relations. The area team will make a determination as to whether the RJWIP should be implemented in that location and assign the necessary personnel to complete the review. 
When an area team is involved in identifying or reviewing a location, a copy of their findings and recommendations must be sent to the Vice President, Labor Relations, and the President, NRLCA, or their designees. Should any issues be escalated to the national level, the parties will determine whether the RJWIP will be implemented to include recommending and monitoring changes. Now, in order to really get to try and file on an MOU 25, this is where your hostile work environment grievances need to be filed. You need to have, in order to invoke that, I do believe you need to have a history that they can go back and look at. Am I correct, James? Yes, you need to have several hostile work environment situations with multiple carriers because in order for them to do a full review on the office and find out if the management is the problem in the office, they need more than just one hostile work environment because that just shows a fact pattern to support this situation. It's it's not a one-off. It just happened once and it's not going to happen again. It's a continuing problem that needs some kind of improvement plan. Mm-hmm. And or it's not just in person. Uh, and I, I know the um, my wording is not the best here. It's not a personality conflict between a supervisor and a carrier. I think you worded that just fine. <laughs> but no, it, it's it's hard to hard to do an MOU twenty five unless there's a paper trail, and it's it's the same with any type of uh, how do I how do I phrase this? I would say it as a legal battle, as grievances are technically a legal battle between management and the union, so. Legal battles require paperwork. Paperwork comes from previous issues, situations going on. And the interesting thing about the MOU 25, it doesn't have to be just one office either. If that manager has moved offices and is continuing to have hostile work environments with carriers, that still can trigger an MOU 25 review. Because as long as somebody has a paper trail on that manager, somebody's going to eventually trigger an MOU 25 if that management continues to create a hostile work environment. Now, there are people out there that feel they should record interactions with management when it comes to a hostile work environment. And I'm going to tell you right now, recording in the post office for video and photography is against the rules. In some states, they require a two-party consent to record. Now the NLRB back in February, on February 13th, ruled on uh, NLRB versus Starbucks 
started by Baristas United trying to unionize Starbucks. And the board stated that an employer cannot enforce a rule banning secret recordings if employees are using the, their phones to further their group interests or lay the groundwork for forming a union. According to this decision, in many instances, workplace recordings, often covert, have been an essential element in vindicating employees' Section 7 rights, which is what the NLRB covers, is the National Labor Relations Act. Now, take that as you wish, as carrier discretion, but know that a lot of management is fully against recording in the post office because then they can't climb a tree to lie. So take it as you will, but supposedly, according to the NLRB, if it's vindicating employees by using the recording, the NLRB may back that recording, but take that with a grain of salt. And the NLRB has a backlog up to a year on cases, so you could be sitting for at least a year on a ruling. But I wanted to put that out there, that it's possible to be able to record. Yeah, that's a big carrier discussion on that, though. I yeah, because you're you're putting you're gonna you're gonna put your job at risk recording, but it may lead to vindication overall. Mm -hmm. But I have to put that ruling out there because it is a very, very important one when it comes to unions and unionizing and and concerted activity to protect union workers. I don't know if I personally would um, go that no, route. I, I would rather use witnesses. I would rather use witnesses for that, personally. Yeah. Yes, witness statements. Yeah. Which, you know, in my case, every employee in the office at, was a witness. Like I said, I even have our, our contract carrier sub was more than she goes if you need a witness she goes i'm here and she was an rca and she was a regular carrier in a different office at one time so you know she she understands it and uh even she's tired of it i mean it's pretty sad when the contract carrier is just that both of them are over her as well and that that itself having enough witnesses seeing this going on and filing the hostile work environment, if it happens two, three times, especially with even other union or non-union members of the Postal Service getting involved in the witnessing of this, is more likely to trigger the MOU 25 situation. Yeah. So, as it stands, the biggest thing you can do is keep track of what's going on around you. If you see a carrier getting harassed, walk over and be a witness for that carrier. Help your fellow craft members, help your city carrier brothers and sisters, help 
your contract carriers, your janitors, your clerks. It doesn't matter that they're a different craft. We're all doing the same job, which is moving mail and taking care of customers. And we're all under the same roof, under the same management team. And under the same joint statements. Yes. Yep. Yes. Now, the biggest, hardest part of this is the proof. Because, like we said, management's going to climb a tree to lie instead of stand on the ground and admit the truth. They're going to try and protect their position as much as possible. And I don't fault them for that. Because that's what they were told to do. Over on From Aid Arbitration, Corey talks about how a carrier was thrown under the bus by VMF management. Yes, yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, I've been listening to another podcast. Uh, I'm not gonna plug it quite, but, um, and, you know, you've seen in other, in other groups, and I have been listening to uh, Fed Up. And yep. uh, a couple episode or episode ago, he had a former uh, person person that was formerly in management on there. And listening to her story, management throws each other under the bus. It's not necessarily just your local management. Management up higher does the same thing to management below them. It just keeps going on down the line. You know, it's like that picture of the birds up on top on the on the electrical lines and shit just rolls further south. And, and it's unfortunate that the hostile work environment goes all the way up to the top. As James has been outlining the uh, postmaster's Q&A session in his uh, group that he has taken over. I highly suggest if you're not in that Facebook group to find it and read it. And the national proceedings are up on the webpage. If you aren't subscribed to get a hard copy, they are up on the uh, NRLCA website. And I highly suggest uh, reading it. And you can see how much it flows from the top. And you can verify the statements that I went through on the Q&A are exactly what was, was said and transcribed by the court reporter that was sitting there for the whole convention. And mm -hmm. I got to give her mad props. She kept up <laughs> with all of us through all oh, of that. Yes. It, it was amazing to watch her typing away on her stenography, uh, stenographer yes. and typing all that stuff up and then turning around and having to write it all out afterwards, listening to the proceedings again and making sure all the words are correct. She had to sit there and go through her entire typings and make sure every word was correct before they could be published as they are now. What you see there in, in the proceedings publish, publishing is exactly what the, tra the transcriber wrote. So what the, uh, the stenographer wrote, the court reporter, which is called stenography, wrote during the whole proceedings there is no uh, modification to it other than what was voted to be removed by the delegation at national convention just so you guys are aware 
And the times when it, when stuff is voted on to be removed, it's not necessarily stuff that needs to be out in the not. I'm going to say publicized, anyways, but it, it it may be irrelevant to what was actually going on. It had it had no bearing on the proceedings, nope. and they were more. Um, I would say they were actually disparaging remarks towards mm-hmm. the craft. Was what was removed. So, so but other than that, the proceedings are definitely pretty much word for word that is spoken on that floor by every single party that gets to a microphone, including my nomination of Bill. That's on there. And thank goodness I don't have any pictures in there this year. Last year's pictures were horrendous. But uh... <laughs> speak for yourself. <laughs> I, I looked extremely petrified in my photo in there. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> I'm I'm gonna have to request the the um hard copy. Yeah, I'm gonna put a request in too to get them. But uh, I did download the current one just so I could skim through it real quick. I haven't sat down and read it yet. I haven't yeah, had time. I, I I went through just to look for a couple of things real quick on it, and I know you know, like you said, it's she. Um, transcribes verbatim, but I know there are some scripter errors that I've noticed. But you can make those. I'm not overly worried about scripter errors. You know, that's. I'm just saying you can you can figure out what should have been said rather than what was typed out. Yep. Well, next yeah, and it's just a word here or there. You know what I'm saying? Well, at next national convention, you can turn around and call for the uh, the um, proceedings from the previous convention to be modified for these Scribner errors, and then they have to fix them. <laughs> right. Well, without being there to know exactly what was said, I can't, you know, I can't. But I'm just saying, you yeah. know, reading through it, I can tell that what was typed out was not the exact verbiage. You know what I'm saying? Like one word was off. Yeah, but I'm at the point with this work environment right now, I, I am exhausted. I, you know, as many, many RCAs and regular carriers out there across the country are exhausted. I am. I am physically and I am mentally exhausted. And as Bill says, you know, God, family, then the craft. And I'm not particularly a religious person, but I am tired of the, uh, I am tired of the job coming before my family. I think that is what's bothering me more and more and more. You know, I have a lot on my plate this year. My, you know, as we talk about, you know, my daughter's senior year of high school, she is busting her butt to make up those credits. I have to get her through the senior year. I've got graduation, open house. I've got my youngest is turning 13. That's a big, big thing for kids. We all know that. I, you know, I've got my son trying to figure out if he's going to be able to come home on leave at Christmas time. You know, I want to be able to try and spend some time with him. I don't have a moment to breathe. And I am in that office six days a week, 
doing what I can and I am mentally and physically exhausted. And Kristen? I am no more going to keep my mouth shut. Kristen? Yes. Take a step back. Take a deep breath. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Okay. Now, here's the one that's come up several times, not only in our chat here, but in postings on Facebook and our groups and our page and things like that. What do you do when another employee, whether it be in the craft or another craft, creates a hostile work environment and management doesn't do anything about it? You file on management for allowing a hostile work environment. Yep. You can't file it, file on another employee, but you can file on management allowing it to happen. Yep. And the, the, the point behind it is you're not directly punishing the carrier or other craft person by grieving management not taking care of it. What you're grieving is the fact that management is not having just a discussion with those people to prevent this from happening. It doesn't have to lead to discipline for that other employee of the Postal Service. Because management should not be allowing anybody to not treat anybody with dignity, fairness, and respect. Because they are the ones in control of that office. They're the ones who are supposed to control that environment and keep it fair, equal, and calm for everybody. So you're grieving them on not doing their job. It doesn't have to go to discipline. It doesn't have to go to termination. It can just be, hey, let's sit down, have an investigative interview over this, because that's what it's going to be. It's going to be an investigative interview. And investigative interviews don't always lead to discipline. But it's a chance for management to find out what's going on, see what the issue is, and maybe come up with a solution that prevents it going on further down the road. Correct. <laughs> Agree, 100%. So I hope this helps you guys in dealing with a hostile work environment. We hope that nobody has to deal with a hostile work environment ever, but it's going to happen. As we've said, there's lots of documentation on that. There's lots of MOUs and grievance, uh, step four grievances on that, as well as other documentation, including actual postal documentation for how management is supposed to handle hostile work environments. So we hope you guys now have the tools to help yourself through a hostile work environment. And we hope that your designated union representative finally got to say it in this episode. <laughs> hope your designated union representative will step up and protect you through the hostile work environment grievance procedure. Josh, you have any final thoughts on this?
Um, I think we've pretty much covered all there is to cover. You know, we're in our chat. There was discussion about being the hostility being physical contact, whether it's management or another employee. I would say absolutely call the you know like it was someone else come and call the police file you know file that police report even if you don't press charges which that's your prerogative one way or another that police report is a great addition to the statement of the hostile working place environment and management allowing it we're not preventing it, I should say. Kristen, your final thoughts on this topic? I think we all need to stand up for ourselves, stand up for our craft. And if you're in a hostile situation, Please document everything that you can possibly document. Coworkers document. I know I do have a coworker that documents stuff. Uh, he was doing it for me during my time as a steward, especially when I was not present in the office, because that's when a lot of stuff would happen when I was not present. But all it takes really is one person to stand up for themselves and to see the others to say, hey, maybe I should stand up for myself too. And uh, that's where it begins, is you need to stand up for yourself and hopefully the rest will follow in line and try and get this beat. But yeah, definitely, you know, witness statements, witnesses, even like I said, if it's a clerk, a city carrier, a contract carrier, the janitor, maintenance, Whatever you have in your office, as I know all offices are different, you know, co-workers, RCAs, regular, CCAs, PTFs, and maybe even sometimes a supervisor. I'm not going to say, you know, not all of them are in line with that. I mean, my supervisor was a little taken back by it all because she hadn't seen it before. But then she turned the tables by the end of the day and was, you know, defending her. So... You know, that to me is obviously not a good witness, but it, it's time that we all stand up. We, we need to stand up against management. And if you're not getting the backing from your designated union representatives, you need to go up to the chain. And if you're not getting the backing from them, then you need to do what you need to do. And but standing up for yourself is where it starts. And I just want to follow up with what you're saying with, yes, you need to stand up for yourself, but you want to do it in a courteous and professional manner because yes. you don't want to, you don't want to start getting loud and yelling and throwing profanity around because that's all that's going to do is get you in trouble. Yes, that will say, no, get no, you in more trouble, hey, but be the, be the bigger person. It, 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 what Josh saying, you know, be that bigger person. You know, I did not curse. Bring I did it, not swear. I just bring it to their attention. Hey, 
that's unacceptable. You know, that's not acceptable behavior. Yeah, you know, and, and if that means having to say, "Look, we need to go have a talk in the office," take a witness with you. It doesn't have to be a union rep, but you can take a witness with you. Have a witness because he said, she said, goes nowhere if it's just you and management. Take a witness with you. That's, you know, I highly suggest having a witness, whether it's somebody of another craft, uh, a co-worker, union rep, if one's not available, you know, have a take take a, take a witness with you. And that way, there is somebody there that can back up what was said or how things play Inspired. out. Yes. Thank you. But you go that, up the chain. You go up yeah. the chain. You go up the chain. You go from your designated union rep, whether it's your local steward, your area steward, your assistant district representative, or your district representative. That's the chain in the local area. Then you go to your national regional officer, which is your committeeman at national headquarters. And then from there, you go to the director of steward operations. From there, you go to the director of labor relations and then to the vice president and then the president. And if none of them help you through it, file an EEO, an equal employment opportunity case. That's another option you have after you've exhausted your union options. Okay. You have to exhaust the union options first because we, are, we have a contract that requires us to go through the grievance process first before we can file that stuff. So make sure you're, you're following the chain, as they call it, the chain of command through the system before you get to the point where you bring in outside agencies to deal with it. Yes. So we're gonna wrap this up tonight and I'm gonna lead off with those that have tomorrow off, enjoy that extra day off. Please relax, scare yourself up because Tuesday's going to suck. And <laughs> I do have to go in for a couple hours tomorrow, case up mail, which is fine. Uh, just me and the other RCA. Still an RCA. And the, uh, the RCA that was assigned to this route that walked off the day after Labor Day has fallen off payroll. Yet the carrier that retired August 31st has not yet fallen off payroll and therefore the route is not yet gone up to bid it's been two full pay periods since she retired and so uh, i'm still waiting <laughs> i'm still an rca i'm still technically a designated 79 yet i run my ox route about once a pay period right now so i would contact hmm. your rep in regards to that i'm not even i it's she well, designated seventy nine that switched over to a full route, so she should after thirty days on that route switch to a 90. designated seventy four. Ninety days. No. Ninety days. Ninety, 90 days. She has to choose which way she wants to go, and because she's not the silver record on that route, it doesn't. She can't go seventy four. Nope, can't go seventy four because that is I. Even though I am a five and one on my ox route, my primary route is not the one that I'm covering. 
I am just right, be, I am just putting can, in my time until the route goes up for bed, which hopefully you could is put there. in writing that you want to switch, but it, at the you know which is your primary. Yeah. Honestly, but I'm it, working you know, it, forty-eight it, to fifty-five hours a week right now. I'm not even really worried about it. I mean, I know what I can do. I I definitely know what I can do and the steps to take it, but. By the time all that would go through, the route's going to be up for bid anyway. So I'm just not even, personally, I'm just not even worried about it. I'm just working. That, you know, I, it, it to me, it's just not worth the extra hassle that I have right now to decide, to, okay, is it going to be more than 90 days before this route goes up for bid? I'm really not even... Because I, I don't think it should take that long. It's just a matter of her. She We have gotten the notification of the route vacancy due to the carrier retiring. It's just the fact that she has not come off of payroll just yet. So that's what we're waiting on. And then it'll be up for bid. It, it's ready to go. It's just HR paperwork, basically going through and getting it taken care of. Uh, but if it does go to the point where I'm looking at approaching the 90 days, then yeah, then I will put it in writing and I want it retro back to September, was it 7th, 8th, somewhere in there, whatever the day after Labor Day, or the day, the Wednesday after Labor Day was when I officially started running that route every day. So, you know, I completely know what I can and can't, you know, what I can do on that. And uh, honestly, that ops oh, route Oh, just... you do. We're just... <laughs> and even even the newer sub and the other regulars are like, why is this ox route just not rolled back into Route 6? Which it very well should be. I mean, it's 97 boxes. It, it's that route's o Route 6 is only a 41K. It, it should be. Unfortunately, as we all know, they don't have the program in place fully to do any territory adjustment. So, and since, and I'm going to close off with, since I wasn't here last week with the new Rex evaluations, our office did fairly well. I'm going to give my quick update and then I'll move on. Uh, we, our 47-48K route did go down to a 46, so she right now is currently saved from having to be cut. Our 44H stayed the same. The two 45Ks, which one of them is the one I'm running, stayed the same. Our 41, our the one POV 41K, which went to a to a 41 after we had the mile remeasurement done from his dispute from the last mini mail survey, and the other one, which was a 42J before the first mini mail survey that went to a 41K. He did go up another hour to a 42K. However, he did get his 10 years in in July, elected to take the high option, and he was now a 46J, and he's happy with that. So, my office did fairly well. well I, you know, Glad to hear yes. it. Yes. Yep. A little update since I wasn't here last week on that. But anyways, guys, I want you to have a safe Tuesday. Enjoy the day tomorrow that you can deep breath and stay calm keep calm it's it's the day after columbus day it's gonna be crazy anyways we all know that 
if you haven't worked today after Columbus Day and it's your first time doing it, my thoughts are with you. But, you know, you're going to be overwhelmed. But like Josh says, take a step back, take a deep breath, and then just attack it head on. That's really all you can do. I mean, it's the unofficial kickoff to the Christmas time, to the holiday season for the post office. We are in a new guarantee period now, so starting on Saturday for those regulars that use a, that get a DACA 3, uh, work in your uh, relief day, you have to use that X day within the same period period. If it is not possible, it will convert to a DACA 5. This goes until the end of the Christmas overtime period, which I do believe this year ends on December 22nd. This eventually will affect uh, me, but as of right now, it doesn't. I'm still in RCA. Christmas overtime period begins the first Saturday of December, runs for three weeks. Yes. On that note, everybody, have a good week. Stay safe out there on Tuesday. It's going to be a long day for everybody. And I'm going to turn it over to Josh and James for their final comments for the night. Okay. Well, since... Kristen stole my thunder <laughs> with the don't get overwhelmed. You'll probably have to step back and take a breath multiple times tomorrow. And unlike baseball, where there's no crying, there is crying at the post office, and I have and still do on occasion. It's I did okay. Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is okay. It but happens. No. That's when you know it's time to take that step back and take that deep breath. And if you are um, a smoker, go take a cigarette break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, and to make matters worse, Tuesday being the day after a holiday, which is the worst holiday of them all for the year, Tuesday and Wednesday are Amazon Prime days. Now quit swearing, so, everybody. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, if you're in a office that does get Amazon, I'm praying for you. I think that's going to trickle right in through the following week, especially in my office. Well, that uh, um, and notice I didn't say Wednesday. Wednesday, you'll start to see some, but the bulk of it will be Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And like Kristen said, the beginning of next week, it'll start tethering off. But on that note, like like I always say, if don't get overwhelmed. If you do, take a step back, take a deep breath, step back in. Have a good week as best you can. We'll see you next time. James, your thoughts? I'm surprised you didn't steal Bill's line on that one since Kristen stole yours. Since Bill's well, not here. I, since you were going last, I was saving it for you. Oh, okay. Well, you know, a hostile work environment is something that every employee has to deal with at some point in their career of work. And it doesn't matter if it's here at the post office or at another company that you've worked for. I've worked for multiple companies and had hostile work environments in several of them. But dealing with this in a contractually positive way is the only way to get the situation resolved. And stepping up to 
management when they're creating a hostile work environment, whether it's management themselves or another employee, is the best step you can take to solve the situation. Just quitting and leaving doesn't solve the situation for other employees. It doesn't help them. Plus, when you stand up, the other employees might start standing up with you. And that's the biggest thing. We all need to stand up together because we're all in this together. Now, take care of yourselves out there and make sure that you're doing everything you can to do it safely. And remember, you're the most important delivery of the day. So get home to your family and loved ones. We'll see you guys next week. Have a good time, guys.